This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fans. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK, and with me is my pal, The Glitch. Glitch, always great to be chatting with you about video oh, games. Yes. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm definitely excited to talk about this game because it's kind of an obscure one. It's yeah. a bit of a cult hit. Uh, we're chatting about Tumba for the PlayStation 1, which was released on uh, June 30th, 1998. And uh, this platformer stars a feral child named Tomba as he fights an army of anthropomorphic pigs to get back his grandfather's bracelet. Yeah, uh, it's it's a very interesting game. Uh, it, it's got a cool art style. You'll it find really out does. in the very opening of, this, of the game, it has like this little animated scene where... Uh, Tomba, he's like a almost like a primitive type ki- creature with fangs, but he's a human, and he has <clears> pink hair. Pink hair, yeah. Uh, but he, you know, he runs on all fours, and uh, he's he's chasing hogs in the beginning of the game, and then he comes around these evil pigs that are like uh, they're messing with some farmer, and he go, runs down there, and he's he's you know kicking their butts, and he gets knocked out from a tree branch. He wakes up, and his grandfather's bracelet is gone. Yeah, and that's the start of the adventure. You're trying to get your grandfather's bracelet back. Mm-hmm. Um, this was developed by Whoopi Camp, which actually, I'm, I'm, could you pull up the intro to or the, the the theme to Whoopi Camp? It's a very interesting theme. I forgot to ask you before this, uh, but uh, it, 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 whenever I think of the game Tomba, this tone plays in my head, and yeah? it's it's kind of a silly theme that they that they created for for Whoopi Camp. Um, but interesting about Whoopi Camp is that. They only ever developed Tombow 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, so I actually did a little bit of digging on that. Uh, so Tokuro Fujiwara, who worked at Capcom on the Mega Man games as well as some other games uh, for Capcom. I have a list if you actually want me to. Oh, yeah. To What's through. the list? So, I mean, I, I went to his uh, Wikipedia page and the it's insane how many games he directed. I mean, he starts all the way uh, from Ghost and Goblins. Uh, he's done Commando. He's done the Mega Man Uh Bionic Commando, Mega Man 2, Strider, Willow, Mega Man 3, DuckTales, uh, Gargoyles Quest, wow. Chippendales Rescue Rangers, uh, Super Ghosts and Go- Goblins, uh, I'm Super super Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, Mega Man 4, Little Nemo, Dream, Ma- Dream Maker, Little Mermaid, I mean the list goes on and on, Tuck Tales, or Tailspin, 
Breath of Fire, DuckTales 2, uh, Disney's Aladdin, Mega Man X, Mega Man Soccer, Demon's Crest, Breath of Fire 2. I mean, I, wow. this this keeps going. Resident Evil. Uh, he's done so many games. He's had his hands on so many classics. Yeah, over the years. he really has. And so he actually left Capcom mm-hmm. uh, to start this company, Whoopi Camp. And it, Tumba One and Two didn't sell very well. No, they. And actually, it's funny because they received really positive reviews. Mm-hmm. They did uh, for both of the games, and they essentially went bankrupt after they released the second game. They didn't really get to see all the sales come through before they uh, defunct. Yeah, it's it's crazy that they they just it like didn't work out for him. So I do have that uh, uh, theme to yeah. Whoopi Camp uh, for you. Are you ready for yep, it? I'm ready. <laughs> that is so weird. And I, I I've played Tomba a bit, and I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I I must have either blocked it out or something. That's so bizarre. Uh, the first time I ever played this game was on a demo disc, which actually had yeah. uh, a, a lot of games. It had um, Jersey Devil, which I had you guys do a retro really? on, and that was this was the first experience I had. So uh, I, I looked it up. It was the PlayStation Underground Jam Pack. Oh. It had Jersey Devil, Gran uh-huh. Turismo, Tekken 3, Tomba, Blasto, which, uh, have you ever played Blasto? No. Uh, Phil Hartman does the voice for the main character. Oh, that's Blasto. Yep. That's amazing. Phil Hartman is so good. <laughs> uh, Hot Shots Golf 2, Duke Nukem, Test Drive, and I want to say there was a couple more that just aren't listed on the cover of this uh, demo disc, but that's what, I mean, demo discs were kind of what, when we got our PlayStation, mm-hmm. It had been a couple years. I think it was uh, late 98 when we got our PlayStation. Okay. So, I mean, there were several games already out. Crash Bandicoot was very popular sure. at the time. Um, so, we uh, were just getting tons of demo discs. And that's how we kind of figured out what games. Oh, Jersey Devil. I need to get that. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. Tomba, I got to get that. That's so cool. So, that's how we kind of built our library up was from these games from the demo disc. It's, yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because, like, uh, like there, there are demos that you can download now. Like, if you jump on the Switch, if you jump on the PS4, the Xbox One, all the new stuff, you, yeah, you're going to be able to, to play demos and download them. But honestly, I mean, not quite the way it used to work, because back then it was just discs Mm -hmm. that had these demos and stuff. And it's interesting because, like, as I've I've done more and more research on retro gaming, uh, it's interesting to find out that, like, certain demo discs had bonus features and stuff that, like, maybe even didn't make it to the game. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, so it's it's really kind of weird and intriguing uh, going through all this stuff. But I... but yeah, uh, uh, there used to be like PlayStation Magazine would hand out the uh, the demo discs for free each month. Uh, well, not for free, I guess, if you're subscribed to them, you know, you're paying money. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's just really interesting. Uh, and, and so, Tomba, you played first on this demo disc. Yep. When did you uh, first play this game? I honestly, this is a game I rented uh, when I was uh, younger. I I, I I took a shot on it just because it s- sort of was so colorful and kind of mm-hmm. wacky. And uh, years later, I ended up uh, I got a, a PSTV, which is the Vita emulator, basically that hooks to your TV. It yeah, lets you play yeah. Vita games on the TV, and uh, uh, which I'm so glad I got by the way because I guess they ended up ratcheting up in price because now they're discontinued. And I bought it right when it was like nobody wanted one, so it was dirt cheap. Nice. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, Tomba I saw on the PlayStation Network, and I was like, 
I remember that. And so I ended up downloading it and having a lot of fun with it, uh, playing it after the fact. But yeah, I first played this as uh, uh, potentially even a demo. I don't oh, remember okay. for sure, but I know I ran it. Yeah. Um, so the gameplay, it's yeah. uh, it's it's a, it's like a platformer with RPG elements. Like it has a it has like a quest element to it. Yeah, it almost is like I almost want to call it like a platformer adventure game. Yeah, you know it it, it has that like like you get weapons and stuff in the mm-hmm. game, and, and like you get pants. You get tons of pants in this game. It's ton, <laughs> and pants. Tons, and tons of pants. And pants. I uh, you know and I uh, I uh, like you know the the adventure elements kind of kind of come in when uh, uh you have to like find certain items mm-hmm. like you you need uh what is it like in the the very beginning of the game there's like a little tornado by a mailbox and yep. you have to get that tornado and like like use it on a like a cloud of mist that's blocking your path yep it's actually like the first one you complete uh you run into this mailbox it you obtain a tornado which yeah, I don't, <laughs> you just throw it in your pocket i guess and then you yeah you like you said you come across this fog and then you have to go to your menu and select the item yeah. for each of the quests that you're doing. So you select the tornado, it clears out the brush, mm-hmm. and then you can continue on. There's also like a monkey who's like, I'm hungry. And then eventually you come across like some bananas and you bring it to the monkey. It's, yeah. It's, and it's, uh, you just get all these, uh, they call them events in the game, um, which are just your quests. Yeah, like side quests and yep. stuff. Yep. Um, but so when the, the storyline goes that you find this out, you, you, you approach a building, you walk in, and it's this gentleman. He's referred to as the hundred-year-old man. Yeah, um, and he kind of tells you what's been going on. Uh, there's been these several evil pigs that have cursed the land and have been collecting cold. So everywhere you go, the land is cursed. It's got you know, like the the trees are coming alive, or like they're snapping at you, and yeah, and there's creatures. Um, and so he needs you to help rid these evil pigs and bring peace back to the land. So as you adventure out, you you find in these treasure chests. Or through talking to people, mm-hmm. these things called pig bags. <laughs> pig bags. <laughs> and, uh, and you have to collect seven of them. And once you collect the seven pig bags, and randomly throughout the, throughout the map, um, you'll, this, this like door, this portal will open. And then you'll face a, one, of the, one of the pigs. For the record, I feel like uh, that item sounds like something that you'd be able to get at a really crummy, like off-brand <laughs> fast food place. How oh, welcome to pig bags? How can I help you? I'll take the pig bag. Do you want mustard on your pig bag? No, thank you. Here's your pig bag, and it's just like a bag of like pork. Just like here you go. It just sounds so weird. I uh, you gotta go and get the five dollar pig bag. <laughs> five dollar pig bag. It's wonderful. The most bang for your buck at any any fast food restaurant. Come on down to Tomba's. I uh, now now seventy percent pork. <laughs> wow, seventy percent. I only thirty percent sawdust. Mmm, yummy. I uh, but yeah. So I I. As Tomba uh, runs around the game, though, uh, it's kind of an interesting setup. So, like, in Sonic and Mario, you just jump on an enemy, and they die. Mm-hmm. You know, you hit them, yep. they're gone. You know, maybe there's slightly different mechanics depending on the enemy, but typically, that's pretty par for the course. Uh, in Tomba, it's kind of weird. Like, you, if you jump on an enemy... They don't just die or anything. You like you get a grab on them, and then you can like throw them. Yep. And actually, so he's—I didn't realize this until playing this later in the game. He's actually biting them. <laughs> yeah. So he jumps onto their back, and he's biting them. And then yeah, you can choose which direction you want to throw them, which you'll find out later in the game. Like you'll need that to defeat some enemies. Yeah. Like throw enemies into each other. 
and even in the the evil pig battles, you need to throw them into the sack, which is randomly located somewhere on on the oh, screen. Oh, right, so, yeah, right, right. So you have to use the direction to throw the enemy, and that's how you that's how you defeat the evil pigs. <laughs> but what's funny is, so he bites into the enemies. <laughs> And he's actually lo- like earning XP doing it, oh. which kind of gives it that, like I said, RPG element. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for every style of enemy, so like there's the pigs that you're finding throughout the whole game. Um, there's like a little bar. Every time you bite into one of the pigs, your level goes up. And after you've bitten into, I think it's like 15 pigs, mm-hmm. you go from a one to a two on that specific enemy, and um, it 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 makes you stronger and it makes you you know defeat the enemy. Faster or yeah. whatever, yeah. That's interesting. That's a really and, and strange there's mechanic. S- there's also some uh, events that you require you to have a certain level on an enemy. Oh, yep. so like there, there's likely an NPC that's like, hey, I need an expert pig killer. Yep. And you're like, hey, I'm your expert <laughs> pig killer. And the guy's like, no, 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 you ain't going to work at pig bags. <laughs> Tomba's pig bags. If you only have a, a pig killing level of five, you need a level of seven. Get out there and kill more pigs. Look, you get the you get a discount on this pig bag. It's only four dollars for expert <laughs> levels at eight or more. So yeah, the, uh, the the game is really kind of like quirky and interesting. It has some really strange mechanics like that. Uh, but to top it off, it's not even like you just jump on enemies and bite them. You get like weapons. You get like maces and stuff, like flails. Yeah. Ball and chain with spikes on them flails, you know? And then they actually combine at a certain point. So you get a grapple eventually, which mm-hmm. helps you swing and, and, and get to areas you normally couldn't. Yeah. And then that later you combine the mace with the grapple. There's a I want to say there's a character that helps you do that, oh. and it makes it so you only have one because bef- uh, you only have one weapon that you need. Whereas before you would either need the grapple to get to areas and then switch back to your mace so you could destroy enemies. Oh, and then eventually you get like a stronger weapon. I gotcha. And then and then the pants. <laughs> so, Please uh, explain to our listeners what's up with the pants. So when you start the game, you have normal pants. And then eventually you'll find something called jumping pants, and it makes you dash faster and jump higher. Uh, but that's not enough. Later you discover the dashing pants, which make you jump even farther and higher. I wish I had dashing pants. But then that's all comes to an end when you get the flash pants, which make you jump even farther and even higher. I need a pair of flash a pants. flash pants. We all need a pair of flash pants. I the flash pants. I... Yeah, the, the the game is just so so weird. Like it's just so bizarre. And like the and I think you mentioned before, uh, it has a really unique like art style to yeah. it. Yeah, uh, very bright and colorful. Yeah, and I mean you got to think like around the time the PlayStation was starting to gear up and get popular, it was being popular being popularized. A lot of that was due to the fact that it was sort of adult, and a lot of the adult games or or like you know like the the more gritty kind of games are gray and brown and dark and not very colorful and so like you have so many games like that where it's like kind of like oh this is gritty and and hardcore and like Uh you know realistic and stuff but it's a lot of like browns and grays and tans and just kind of like bland colors that are just kind of eh. But in Tomba, you have like, you know, lush green fields. You have like flowers in the background that are like multicolored. Tomba himself has pink hair, which is kind of weird, but it sort of fits with the style of the game. And so like just everything pops out, you know? Yeah. And it even has like a 
it was almost like a 2.5 dimension because there is like oh a, yeah you jump into like the background you can jump and into stuff. the background yeah there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's foreground too in some mm-hmm. areas and which is really cool yeah it really is it's I uh, I uh, I mean it's it's cool that the 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 Mega Man guy uh, uh, the the director of like you know these Mega Man games and all these other games because he did so many other things uh, Tokuro Fujiwara was able to sort of make his own game mm-hmm. and it's such a shame that oh I know right Whoopi I uh, 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 just sort of or Whoopi Camp uh, just sort of went defunct uh, although nowadays I think he does use Whoopi Camp as his like like the title for his like current like what he's doing nowadays like his freelance like okay. video game work so i mean the, the spirit kind of lives on but i mean it's not like we continued to get games like this there's a very heavy fan base too they're, oh yeah they're requesting for tomba 3 they've been asking for it for years but you know well, who knows when someone will will pull that up and develop it well it's tricky because i mean it's it's owned by a company that's now defunct. Yeah. And like who has got a hold of the rights to Whoopi Camp? Did Capcom take it over? I don't think so. Mm, you know, yeah. it's I, I'm not really sure what happened with that. If it's just this, uh, uh, you know, oh, God, now his name escapes me. Tokoro Fujiwara. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's just sort of like he himself has the rights. And that's how Tomba one appeared on the PlayStation Network. Yeah. I. Uh, I'm not really sure how the legality of all that works. So I, I almost want to say, like, we probably won't get Tomba 3. I don't want to depress you, and I don't want to depress our fans, but, like, I just, I don't see that happening unless... It's one of those things that, like, uh, Mega Man Legends 3, we just kind of <sighs> have the realization that it, it's just not going to happen. God, that that was super depressing. When that got canceled? Yeah. It was supposed to come on the 3DS, right? It was going to be 3DS. Oh, I know. It was like, and now it's 3DS doesn't even, I mean, barely has games being made for it these days. Cripes. Uh, another, so when you start the game, you'll uh-huh. come across all these different chests. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so uh, there are four different chests. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Once you, when you finally meet the 100-year-old man, yeah, he gives you uh, a key for the 100-year-old chests. And it's these mm-hmm. wooden chests that you find out. Fine throughout the, the, the game. Yeah. Um, but then you're like, well, what's up with these other three chests? How do I get them? Well, I mean, when you leave the Village of Beginnings, which is the, the first level, uh, you'll find the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And in there, you'll find the Thousand-Year-Old Man. <laughs> uh-huh. Who gives you the Thousand-Year-Old Key. Makes sense. Right. But then you go to the Underwater City. Uh-huh. Do you know who you meet there? I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say it's probably someone a little older than the 1,000-year-old man. Yeah, it's the 10,000-year-old man, of course. <laughs> does he give you a 10,000-year-old key? He does. What Craig. a coincidence. Who has seen that coming? And then, of course, the fourth chest. Oh, you go what's, into the underground. What's how, how old is that person? Well, it's the million-year-old man, Craig. Oh, silly me. <laughs> of course it is. And he gives you the million-year-old key. I, 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 I probably could have guessed that. <laughs> I want to know where the hundred thousand year old man is, though. Come on, they skipped. They went to thousand, ten thousand. No, hundred thousand year old man. He died of old age. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't touch on this fully. I, wa- I did want to bring this up. Uh, so we we mentioned how the 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 graphics are are really good. Like the the animation looks yeah. really great. What blows my mind the most about this? What I think is the most impressive. Is it? I don't think it's sprite based. It's all three D models. Yeah, and a lot of polygonal graphics around that time looked like garbage. Like nowadays, they do not look good. They don't hold up. And in this game, 
it looks solid. Yeah, it's very clear, very smooth artwork. Yeah, they uh, uh, Whoopi Camp did an amazing job with with Tomba, and uh, uh, you brought up some of the places that uh, uh, you can go in the game. I do have a, a little bit of a list here, a few yeah. things that caught my attention. What you got? So, uh, you know, just because it's all so colorful and bright and stuff, I really appreciate it. The the village at the beginning we mentioned. There are some like caves. There's like a mushroom forest mm-hmm. you go through. I thought that was cool. And actually, to, to touch on that, yeah. uh, one of the cool elements in this game is in the mushroom forest there's these mushrooms that you eat that will make you happy and all the trees in the village will start laughing oh i thought that was so creepy as you walk if you don't jump enough if you just keep walking your character will stop and do this like evil laugh (laughs) and then there's also mushrooms that make you sad and the true all all the all the flowers start crying and they're moping and if and then if you eat that and you start walking your character does like a tantrum. He like wails his arms around and starts crying. <laughs> and you have to have like a normal mushroom to eat to 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 stop balance yourself yeah. out. But uh but in the haunted mansion there's these doors mm-hmm. that have a smiley face and a sad face. And you have to have that emotion to enter the room. Oh, that's pretty slick. Yeah. I like that. I like that mechanic a lot. I uh, you know there's the haunted mansion like you mentioned. I mm-hmm. uh, there's like a windy valley. Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, so it's looking. Got like a wind element to make certain jumps. You have to jump with the wind. Yeah, I uh, there's also like a uh, like a the, the underwater city, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. There's a volcano you can go yep, the in. Lava caves. Yep. yep, the lava caves and uh, uh, like a, a jungle, like a uh, like a primeval kind of jungle, like Amazon kind of uh, uh, setting like that too. Yep, and uh, there's the the mountain, the Phoenix Mountain. As well, that's where you 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 find the phoenix. Oh right, right. You travel to the jungle. Oh okay, yeah. I uh, I I didn't list necessarily all. And the then levels there's there. a what was it the there's this dwarf village, and then there's like a mouse village. Oh it's yeah, like a city of mice. That were all Weird transformed. Game. They were they were people, and the one of the curses the the town is cursed, and they all turned into mice. Those lousy pigs. Yep. Those lousy pigs. So I was going to name, uh, so there's seven evil pigs. Mm-hmm. There's the fire evil pig. There's the haunted, the earth evil pig, stormy, forest, water, and jungle. And when you defeat those specific pigs, so mm-hmm. like the the haunted evil pig, yeah. it changes the haunted mansion to a, you know, a nicer place. There's not as many creatures chasing after you. The music changes. Oh, yeah. Um, same thing with the jungle. Uh, when you mm-hmm. first get to the jungle, it's very dark, very mysterious. Yeah. And then when you f- defeat that evil pig, the flowers are blo- blooming. It's very pr- pink and bright, which I and the music changes for all these stages. So essentially, if you went to every version that was cursed, it has a theme song. Uh huh. And then after you defeat that pit, that pig, the music changes. So everything just it has double the soundtrack. That's really awesome. Yeah. That's a really neat uh, approach. I like that a lot. Uh, it almost reminds me of like a Sonic CD, where like when you go to different time periods, you have different themes, mm-hmm. you know, associated with it. I, I think that's a really cool, uh, a cool way to uh, uh, handle the soundtrack like that. Uh, so once you defeat the seven evil pigs, yeah, the million-year-old man summons you uh, to the underground where there's this uh, door, and. In this room, the st- there's statues of all the seven evil pigs you defeated, and they're pressing down on these press plates, uh-huh. and it opens this door, and he's like, here, I found this real evil pig bag, and you need to defeat the real evil pig, the one who, who created all these creatures, and is the one who, who, who essentially 
just, you know, curse this entire land. Yeah, yeah. Well, while that happens, all the seven evil pigs that you destroyed, all their statues come back to life and they, they float into the air and the press plates get unpressed. So now he's like, you need to find seven people to, to aid you uh-huh. to press down these plates, which I feel like couldn't he have just found like the first seven people? I'm like, look. This place is cursed. I'm trying to save the world. You mind stepping on this press plate? Just step on this plate for a few minutes. But, it's no big deal. But so you have to go back through the entire game and find random people in the in the villages you've like saved. Friends, friends that you made. That will be like, oh yeah, I can help you out. I'll go down there. Well, you only find six. And I remember this being like so irritated as a kid. Like I'm, I keep going back to all these areas. And I'm like, who is the seventh person? I cannot find out who this seventh person is. Uh-huh. Uh One of the missions you do early in the game is you find this puppy. And, okay. and he's he's wounded, so you bring him to the dwarf village, which is the one of the first villages you get to. And they're like, "Oh, we need you to bring these herbs. We need you to bring this drink. You need we need all this stuff to heal the dog." When you heal him, he becomes a companion for you, and you can he can make you fly wherever you want. So you just select him. His name is Baron. Oh yeah, he reminded Baron. me of uh, the Neverending Story. Yeah, because he's got giant ears. Uh-huh. Uh, so he'll make you travel wherever you want. So the point is, you find your six friends. You go down there to the, the door of the of the real evil pig, and then Baron jumps on one of the press plates. He jumps on that final press plate, oh. and that's how you get in. So Baron's your seventh friend. But I remember being so, they, they don't tell you this. You just uh. have to end up eventually, essentially give up and be like, I don't know where this guy is. I'm going back down to the underground to look. Maybe there's something down here, and when you walk into the room, he just jumps right into that press plate. And then you defeat the final evil pig. And that's the end of the game. Uh, there's a ex- uh, there's a really cool ending credit scene. Um, you're sitting on the wagon of the gentleman you helped at the very beginning, who was uh-huh. being attacked, uh, and you see all your just several friends like Baron's fl- flying around in the sky. There's the monkey from the beginning waving at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you your 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 stomach growls and you're getting hungry and you see a hog and you go chase it and you chase it off into the distance and the screen pans down. And there's this uh, giant bouquet of fruit, and there's your grandfather's bracelet. And then you get the final achievement. It shows on the screen. Grandfather's bra- bracelet complete, and that's how the game ends. That's cool. Which I always thought was a great ending to the, to the series. Because you're, you're going throughout this game. So there's 130 events that you have to collect. You don't mm-hmm. have to do all 130 to complete the game. But... Uh, it always shows that one and completes the first one you see every time you open up the menu. So you know it's like, oh, uh-huh. I gotta get that bracelet. And uh, it's it's yeah, it's after all the credits, it's after everything, it pops up complete, and then then the screen goes black, goes back to the title screen. That is really cool. I like that. I uh, I did I, I watched the ending. I've never beaten it myself, but I watched the ending on like YouTube, and uh, yeah, I thought like the animation is really solid. Like it's it's got a, a very anime type vibe to the uh, the cutscenes and stuff, and uh, yeah, the the art, art is really good. It's uh, a pretty a pretty fun ending. I thought it was neat. I uh, I I I thought it was also interesting that the the pig the anthropomorphic pigs need gold. To like do their magic, are they like alchemists? Are they turning the gold into something? Yeah, that was a weird thing. So when you meet the hundred year old man, he tells you the story. It's an animated story uh, about why about why the village is cursed. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, and they're collecting gold, but they really don't touch onto why or what they're using it for. Yeah, kind of weird. I mean, I, I, it doesn't really need an explanation, I suppose. It's just there's there's something kind of like odd about it, you know? Like I think it's just the explanation to why they wanted your bracelet, but. 
they still don't say what it's what they're using. Yeah, for. what the benefit is of them having gold. Yeah, uh, I can only imagine it's like alchemy, where it's like you know you're you're turning something into something else or something. I don't know. That's uh, it. Uh, thought that was kind of weird, but I yeah, I, I mean the uh, like there's just so much to this game that's really interesting. Like jumping into the backgrounds to fight things, and I uh, you know there's. There's just a, a ton to it. It's definitely a, a a really interesting platformer, especially on the PlayStation, because like you know the the big hit at that time would have been like Crash Bandicoot, yeah, which is a, a pretty cool game. But like this is a vastly different game than Crash Bandicoot. You know, this is a, a very far cry from what like Crash Bandicoot was about. You know, with it's more like you know adventure and RPG type elements thrown into it. So you know, if you got into Crash Bandicoot and you wanted something different or if you uh, uh you know were were just looking for something different than like the the popular stuff at the time you know I definitely think Tomba's worth looking at but uh uh do you have any like speedrun info uh, yeah, for I us here a, I got a little bit of speedrun stuff uh so there's uh two categories there's an any percent yeah and 100% which is all the events okay um the both records are held by the same person uh uh Reiku um you only need 59 of the 130 events to complete mm-hmm. the game. Uh, okay. Do you want to give a guess as to how long that takes? There's no skips, really. Um, no glitches or anything? Uh, there's there's a small one that he does in both of the uh, runs called the pig bag glitch. A pig bag glitch? So when you receive the pig bag, when you find it in a chest or, or whatever, uh-huh. uh, three of them are found in chests. And when you get the gl- uh, get the bag... It does the whole prompt for the event, and it takes maybe like 15 seconds for the prompt to complete, and then you can carry on. You know, it freezes you. Um, If you open the chest, it kind of floats in the air for a little bit, and then it falls into you. Mm -hmm. If you use one of the charity wings, which is the way to get around before you get barren, Uh um, it floats you into the air, and you catch it, and then you don't have to do the animation, and then you travel to wherever you're traveling. Oh. So uh, that's the only thing that saves time. So, I mean... Not much you can time, save yeah. a minute by doing that if you do it on all three of them. Oh, okay, yeah, that's not a ton. Yeah, that's the only thing. I don't know. I I mean, that's a lot of events, and so I'm guessing for the any uh, percentage or yeah, the complete, any, yeah, any percent, any percent. I don't know, maybe uh, around hour and a half, uh, forty seven minutes and fifty eight seconds. Wow, yeah. quite a bit, uh, quite a bit. Lower but you than are pretty. That. So the all events is an hour twenty six. So even the all events is lower than what I said. I mean, you're close. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 now, is there anything else you wanted to chat about before the music, though? I mean, let's get into the music. The music is great. Uh, Like I had mentioned before, it has a very vast soundtrack. There's tons of songs in this game. Yeah, let's, let's chat about the music. Before we get to the music, though, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who were there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom so glitch, uh, the music for Tomba uh, was composed by Harumi Fujita, uh, who also composed Ghosts and Goblins, uh, Bionic Commando, Gargoyles Quest, Chip and Dale Rescue Ranger, Mega Man Three, 
Skyblade and Skyblazer for Super Nintendo. So it, what it, did he essentially like poach this person from Capcom? Was this a Capcom yeah, employee? Uh, Harumi Fujita worked for uh, 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 Capcom uh, almost exclusively, and so uh, uh, I don't think Skyblazer was Capcom. Okay, I, I don't believe so. Uh, it's a pretty cool Super Nintendo game. Yeah. I mean, he could have been independent and just kind of was mainly a, a Capcom composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, Hanumi uh, Fujita, uh, it's it, it's kind of an interesting uh, uh, thing to think about. But keep that mind and name for later. Just just you know, have that roll around in your head for a little bit for for later. We'll get to that okay. a, another okay. time. Okay. Uh, but uh, let's uh, uh, get into the music. So the the first thing that you wanted played was the like the opening cutscene song, yeah. right? And this is called Paradise. Um, I don't know. Uh, if it's a, a cover of an actual song called Paradise, but uh, that's the name they gave it to it, so let's uh, yeah, give it a listen. I had no idea there were lyrics to that song because I think in the version they play in the game in the opening cutscene, it doesn't get that far into the song. So I guess it, it must be an actual song. It, it, yeah, it is a. Uh, uh, the, now, uh, Harumi Fujita did the music for the game, but Paradise is done by Tokyo Q Channel. Ah. Uh, and kudos uh, to. Uh, uh, Tokyo Q channel because uh, that is super poppy and fun. It's just <laughs> it's so uh, uh, exciting. I love that. Uh, now I uh, this is another song that you uh, uh, wanted to uh, uh, hear. This is uh, the Dirt Motocross. Oh, so there's like a there's like a mini game in this in this in this, in Tamba where you have to find there's this motocross vehicle and it's it's deflated and you have to find gas for it and uh, later in the game you 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 get it from like these poachers uh-huh. uh and then you fuel up the the tank and then you ride across this like mini game you got to do jumps and collect certain items yeah. and you have to weave in and out so like it kind of brings back that 2.5D setting where you can be in the foreground or the background Interesting. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, uh, give uh, Dirt Motocross a quick listen here. Yeah. 
another really fun song. I know. Isn't that, that's a great song. And what's funny is I, I'd never actually listened to that song by itself. In the level, the the vehicle you're you're riding does like a like a noise, <laughs> like a like a uh, like speed buggy from yeah, like yeah. old cartoons. Yeah. Like so, when I was listening to that song, I could hear the noise from the buggy like in my head. <laughs> that like that farty kind of yeah. like kind of noise. That's great. Uh, now, this is a song that I really liked uh, from Tomba that we're going to listen to next. This is the Iron Castle, uh, which I, I never got super far in Tomba. This, like, is, this is kind of towards the end of the of the game. That's sort of what I was, I mean, I kind of figured with a name like the Iron Castle. Yeah, there's like, a, there's like a village you meet where it almost seems like these people haven't been affected by the curse. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a tower, there's a clock tower and the Iron Castle. Nice, nice. Let's go ahead and give this a, uh, a listen. intriguing to me that this is one of like the the last tracks you know like or the last areas of the game the iron castle it sounds like it should be so foreboding uh-huh. but it's kind of fun and upbeat like yeah. the the other songs yeah, yeah the whole soundtrack is it's kind of like that there, there's certain levels like the haunted mansion that uh are just kind of dark a little bit mm-hmm. but everything is very fun and Adventurous. Yeah. Now, speaking of the Haunted Mansion, one of your uh, choices was the purified version uh, of. So after you defeat the the evil pig, yep. uh, the Haunted Mansion that is, you know, been essentially sanctified or whatever. Yeah. different than the song that you hear when you first get to the honey man it's very ominous tones and then once you purify it this is the the song they play which is it kind of changes your whole uh view of this area uh-huh because the music is just it's colorful and yeah, so the uh, it kind of reminds me of a of a Crash Bandicoot song too. Yeah, and it definitely has With a the banjo a, and everything going. It absolutely has that vibe. I, uh, I I appreciated that kind of southern twang to the song with uh-huh. the banjo and stuff. Uh, now the uh, the final song that we're going to go ahead and play is uh, the ending. Uh, yeah, you theme. picked this one. Yeah, I really liked this. I thought this was good. This is Tomba's farewell. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. So this plays while it shows that cutscene, the ending that you uh, had described earlier. Yeah, yeah, right? he's riding onto the on the back of the, the wagon that from the gentleman from the beginning of the game, and he's you know waving goodbye to all his friends. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. 
super catchy and like upbeat, but also a little bit on the relaxing side. Yeah, I mean, you've you've gone through this entire adventure, and it's a very peaceful theme to kind of end on. Yeah, so I, uh, so that's some of the music of uh, uh, of the game Tomba. Uh, now, now, glitch. Is there any kind of like final thoughts you had on on Tomba before we start jumping into other things here? This is a game that growing up I played a lot. And I was surprised to find out that not a lot of people mm-hmm. had played this game on the PlayStation. In my head, growing up, I thought that this was like a, a big title game. Yeah, like a greatest hit yeah. of the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought that this, if, if I were, if you were to ask me, you know, oh, we're coming out with something called the PlayStation Classic and we were going to put 20 games on it, I thought for sure, like, oh, yeah, everyone's going to say Tomba needs to be on this. Uh-huh. Uh, but I guess, you know, the low sales that they experienced. It was a direct, you know, reason why a lot of people didn't get get a hold of this game. So yeah, I I, I can't really I can only imagine uh, that when it comes to uh, Tomba and the you know Tomba Two by you know, Whoopi Camp that it's just maybe there wasn't enough money for like the advertising, yeah. uh, you know. Maybe not just not enough people got into it and got you know the attention caught, but I mean you know I I also mentioned earlier. You had an era of gaming that was tr- going to a more adult type, you know, way, more grown up type game, so to speak. And so Tomba kind of was an odd man out, I think, of the era. Yeah, if maybe if it came out early in the PlayStation's age, like a couple years earlier, it might have been a big hit. It might have, honestly, like I almost wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, if it beat out Crash Bandicoot. If it would have had a bigger advantage oh, yeah. coming out, you know, because like Crash Bandicoot, I mean, you know, there were what two more Crash Bandicoot games on the PlayStation, you know. Yep. Uh, Spyro was another big one that was kind of similar, you know, and so you you had all these games that I feel like when people looked at Tomba, they were like, oh, there's like adventure elements and there's like you know, uh, uh you know, like RPG type stuff going on. Eh, it's definitely know. different from a lot of the games that were out at the time. So. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I, but Glitch, I think it's about time that we uh, jump into our Retro Relapse for this week. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So this week, uh, I picked a game that uh, I've been sitting on myself for years. I got this game a long time ago. I want to say back in like uh, 05, 06. Okay. When I first started collecting games. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's Scat. Uh, do you have the what it's broken down as? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, scat is uh, animal droppings. Wait, no, that's not right. I'm sorry. Give me <laughs> a second here. The wrong thing. Uh, let me give this another try here. Cybernet or special cybernetic attack team. Yeah. Scat. Uh, and I got this game for that reason. It was called Scat. I had a buddy of mine, Pete. Um, uh-huh. uh, I got two copies on eBay for like six bucks. Uh, and I was like, hey, I got you this game. I got myself a copy. It's called Scat. And we played it a little bit. Um, and I just never really picked it up after that. Uh, come to find out, this game actually sells for like 150 bucks right now. Really? So I got this as a steal. You did. You got two for six dollars. Yeah. You, you bought it for three dollars. Yeah, 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 that's crazy. Uh, yeah. So Scat, otherwise known as the Special Cybernetic Attack Team, uh, is by Natsu, uh, Natsume, uh, who eventually go on to do like the Harvest Moon games. Oh, really? Yeah. Natsume has a a, a pretty solid lineup of games that they published and and made. I uh, but I uh, one of which includes Scat. 
one of which includes scat indeed uh it's a shoot 'em up where like you're one of two dudes because it's two player uh and in our retro relapse video it, we played you know two player the whole time but like you're in a you have a jet pack and you can shoot mm-hmm. in front of you or behind you yeah you uh you shoot with the b button or uh and then the a button will like retract your second shooter which shoots automatically oh yeah that's what it is and it'll, you can either have it shoot in front of you or below you or behind you depending on where you stop it at yeah you hit it and it starts moving you yeah. hit it again and it stops so like it's it's weird because you it almost takes away some control but it gives you a larger range of shooting which is kind of interesting it definitely distracts you it is a little I feel distracting. Like most of the time when I got hit by something, it's because I was paying attention to where my second weapon was going. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I would definitely agree with that. It, it, it's 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 not a bad game. It's it's kind of fun. It's uh it's a little tricky, the controls, you know, moving around the 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 cannon thing and stuff. Uh but uh but I I remember us having fun with it. Oh yeah, I think the one of the things in the video is you guys were trying to figure out why they were even on jetpacks and you talked about, oh yeah, the guy who does the ranting on anima- animation was fired. <laughs> <laughs> throw back, throw jetpacks at them. Yeah, no big deal. We got this. I uh, yeah. So so I uh, uh, glitch when it when it comes to scat special cybernetic <laughs> attack team. I I uh, what what do you what do you give it on the eight bit scale? So uh, none of us made it past the first level, right? No, we didn't. I don't think we did. It, it was fairly tough. So for all we know, there is like a platforming aspect to it. Like I, I never actually looked to see like what is more of this. I imagine it's still just more levels of that. Um, but I give it a two and a half. I don't remember the music being anything special. Um, it kind of felt repetitive, even like as we passed the controller. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like all right. There's not a lot to this. You're you're not wrong. I, I remember us having some fun with it, but it, there wasn't a ton to it. And maybe the reason I enjoyed it was uh, I, I think I was doing a little better than everyone else. <laughs> that might be one of the reasons why I was like, oh, it's okay. Uh, but I, 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 I think I would probably give it like a three out of uh, eight. It's, it's, it's a little below average, but I think that there's a lot of potential. And I think if maybe we even had a little bit more time, Maybe we would have had, you know, some more fun there. And also the the first player can pause the game even when he's dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so stupid. If you got a jerk that you're playing with. Like dies. Xander. Like Xander. Like Xander. <laughs> like Xander. He'll just randomly pause the game. Like Xander. Uh, but it, I mean, it was a it was a fun game. Like Xander. Oh wait. Uh, yeah. No. It was it was kind of fun. Uh, it, but you're right. It's looking at it objectively. There are some kind of issues with it. You know. Yeah, there's yeah. uh It's not a perfect game. Uh. But I. Uh, but no. It's if you're especially if you're looking for a two player shoot 'em up mm-hmm. for the Nintendo. I think that that it would be worthwhile looking into. Scat. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, Special well, so, cybernetic attack. So let's team. move on to our uh, opening music bracket. Yeah. So uh, we it, we're I mean it's 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 gearing up yeah. e- each and every week. It gears up more and more, and uh, we we have you know like uh, uh, you know heavier hitters here. So uh, our first uh, song that we're gonna uh, play for you is the opening theme to Donkey Kong Country, uh, which was of course uh, composed by the legendary. Uh, David Wise, uh, along with Evelyn Fisher and Robin Beanland. Uh, and I mean, Donkey Kong Country has one of the better soundtracks on the Super Nintendo, especially considering it wasn't made in Japan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and he'll continue to do the entire series on the Super Nintendo. He'll do the, and actually, he may have done, I didn't ever looked into it, but he may do the 
the N64 games. But uh, one, two, and three on on uh, on the Super Nintendo, he did all the soundtracks. Yep. For that. The other two people with him change in and out. Yeah. I uh, I think Evelyn did on the third one. I think I think you're right. I think Evelyn Fisher was on the third one. I. Uh, but uh, I don't think Evelyn Fisher was on the second one, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack is great. And so let's go ahead and give the opening uh, theme level a uh, uh, quick listen here. Something. Oh, I love it so much. It, it is so good. And that intro with the old <laughs> the old Donkey Kong music. Perfect. Oh yeah, I really, really dig it. Uh, uh what's this going up against? Now, earlier, Glitch, I asked you to remember the name Harumi Fujita. Yes, you did. And there's a reason for that. It is because Harumi Fujita is one of the two people that composed Mega Man 3. Oh. Harumi Fujita and Yasuaki Fujita. I uh, now, Harumi Fujita, uh, of course, earlier, we found out worked on Tomba as well as a whole bunch of other games. So, so I mean, Harumi Fujita has done a ton of amazing games, and Mega Man 3 is has such a great soundtrack. Let's go ahead and give the uh, opening theme a listen here. Super Nintendo music is going against some of the finest Nintendo music. This is a, a very tough one. Uh, and I mean, as the competition goes on, it's going to get harder and harder to make decisions, of course. But I. Uh, the worst part about that song is the fact that you had to stop it. 
<laughs> right? It's so good. I, I, I see this one going. I can absolutely. Far. I want to say this will probably make it to the finals. I, I think Mega Man 3 could make it to the finals, but honestly, Donkey Kong Country is easily a contender as well. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, everyone's votes fall. Uh, and when it comes to voting, uh, not only do you have the ability to vote on our Facebook uh, page, however, you also now have, uh, of course, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, uh, our Discord channel. Uh, we have the votes there each week. And if you're a member of our Patreon page, so if you go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, for $1 a month, you not only get early access to our Retro Relapse videos, but you also get an extra vote uh, through our Patreon page. Uh, and for $5 a month, you even get a uh, bonus episode each month. So make sure to uh, consider uh, 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 joining our Patreon page. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so at that $5 mark, you also get bonus content for other shows on the Games Alone Media Network. Yeah. So we have our last action podcast show, uh, which comes out on Mondays. Uh, the GameZilla podcast, which comes out on Tuesdays. Noobs and Dragons, which has Craig WK. He does indeed. Uh, that comes out on Wednesdays. Thursdays, obviously, this show. Fridays, his Movie Blast, Bob and Bax. And on Sundays, you get that Noiseland Arcade show all about The Simpsons with Arcade Phantom. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, Noiseland Arcade is uh, a newer show for the network. And uh, uh, it's been a ton of fun going through The uh, Simpsons. And, uh, you know, when uh, uh, you're hearing this Tumba episode, uh, you might have a uh, glitch episode of uh, Noiseland Arcade uh, out there, so make sure to check that out. Join the uh, glitch who joined us for the episode Dancing Homer. Make sure to uh, track that one down if you want to hear the glitch on that, and uh, you'll always hear me on Noiseland Arcade, so uh, make sure to give it a listen, though. Uh, but I... Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, Tomba is is a, a, a great game. Definitely comes recommended. Uh, but uh, I think it's about time that we wrap things up here, Glitch. Uh, so we'll see everybody next time when the legend continues. Continues.